Take time with Maeve Ashson. Today I am jo- I'm so excited about my podcast guest today. Um, I am joined by 2FM radio presenter, podcast host, dog mom, and all-round sounder, Laura Fox. So Laura, thank you for joining me and welcome to the podcast. That's the nicest intro I've ever gotten. I'm really enjoying dog mom and all-round sounder. <laughs> I-, I had to get it in there. I had to get it in there that on my like my tombstone at some point because I'm gonna have a tombstone not a grave like let's just yeah. be realistic yeah obviously I mean we, we gotta go big with it but no Tor had to get a little shout out in from the start <laughs> my little paw fluencer I swear to god that dog has got sent more stuff in the last like six months of his existence than I have in my whole entire life but he's so bloody cute I can't cope with him and he's officially mine I adopted him so yay <laughs> so, I saw that he got sent more stuff was it last night or today I was like oh my god like how do I get in on this tour <laughs> He got the cutest Christmas stocking that has his name on it. And now I'm like, while I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Now I'm like, oh shit. Now I have to go and actually get everybody else named Christmas stockings because otherwise it'll just look like a rogue Christmas stocking in the house. (laughs) If this is the biggest problem that I have of 2020, I think we're going very well. Yeah, pretty, pretty good one. Um, But I'm really excited because myself and Laura met through work a while ago, but we are working on something together at the moment, which allowed us to meet in the flesh last week very exciting to meet anyone face to face this year I'm like I love it um so yeah we'll chat a little bit more about exactly what happened uh last Friday and everything everything involved in it but um myself and Laura to give you a bit of background on it we're working on a campaign together at the moment called be antiviral uh, and it's all about I suppose it's about you know living your life happily and healthily within the the COVID-19 guidelines and you know it's it's a really good initiative um it's specifically around kind of the young adults in Ireland so kind of 18 to 24 year olds um and when we kind of took this project on we there was a lot of research done and what we kind of found was that that age demographic in Ireland feel like they're kind of being left out of the narrative around COVID-19 and the guidelines um and the kind of only real talk is is the negative side of things. So, you know, there'll be a video goes viral of people coming out of a house party or people gathering in large groups. Um, and it's kind of reflecting badly on the whole kind of, young, you know, young adults in Ireland when really that only represents a small minority of people. Um, and the vast majority are, are doing their best to follow government guidance, you know, live their lives as best they can. Um, and yeah, I suppose we just really felt that it's disheartening for that age group to feel like it's always a negative for them and that their best efforts weren't being recognized. So that's where the whole idea comes from. Um, and you, I know like, Laura, you were really excited when I, I'll, I'll never forget when I called you about it and how excited you were. I was like, this is why Laura's getting involved. She is enthusiastic about it. But it was that thing. I think they've just got such a bad rap throughout the entire pandemic. And I don't think it's fair. I think because they are the most vocal group on social that it's easier to target them because there's more people taking videos that age. And that's how these videos end up going viral. Whereas if you actually look 
chocolate, the minority that exists in the 18 to 24 year old age group exists in every other age group. It's just they aren't being plastered all over the Internet. So it's easier to just play the blame game on them. Um, and I feel so sorry for them because of, out of every age group that is going through this pandemic, that is the one that is suffering the most because these are the years where you make all your mistakes. They're the ones where you go to house parties and you go for pre-drinks and then you go out in a night out and you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh my God, why did I kiss that guy or why did I kiss that girl or whatever? And you have a bit of crack and I really think that it molds you into the person that you are in your future life because you get all that out of your system and I just look at my 19 year old sister she's in college now and she's in second year college and first year college was so much fun for her but second year college for her she was moving in with different people she got herself a part-time job and she was just so buzzed to like have cash like the little bit that she would have and be able to go into college and she had like really cemented her friends group and I'm looking at her in her apartment with her housemate and they're just doing lectures from there. They don't interact with anybody else. She goes to work at the weekends and then she comes back to the apartment again. And like she's making the best of a bad situation. She's quite happy with it. But I just still think it's so unfair because I'm looking at her going, when I was 19, I, I didn't even think about the world. I had no thoughts about what was going around me, what, what anyone else was going through. And now they have to be so conscious about everything because everybody has to be. But then at the same time, if they slip up once, they very much kind of get slapped on the wrist. And it's like, well, it's all your fault that we're going through this. But that age group as well, just one last point on it. I feel like it's a really awkward time in your life because you're never really considered as an adult and no one ever wants to give you responsibility. But at the same time, they're quite happy to blame you when you do something stupid. And it's very much you should have known better. So I just think they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And no more than what you were saying at the very beginning of this, Maeve, with everything that's going on, they have got lost. They've been blamed for everything, but they're not getting praised for all the good things they're doing. And okay, call it whatever you want, but the good things they are doing is staying home and not going out to nightclubs and not going to house parties and not doing things that every like 18, 19, 20 year old should be doing. Like it's, it's their God given birthright to be able to do this stuff and they can't. Absolutely. And it's so interesting that, like that your sister is kind of going through it and like, it's that, I think back to it and it's like when you're going from like secondary school into college or, you know, whatever you're doing going into like, you know, the, the, a new kind of life stage is a huge change. And um, it's a really, really unusual way to be doing it. Like I, I, I can vividly remember my first day of college. I can vividly remember where I was standing in the library the first day I met someone who was going to be in my class, got chatting to her in the queue, you know, and I'll, you know, it's, it's it has stuck with me. And we were both so like sheepish and nervous and, you know, then just getting chatting and all of that. And like to not have that is is mad to start this new kind of chapter um, from your bedroom or from your sitting room. And you're kind of stuck in a weird limbo of it's meant to be the new phase of your life, but you're kind of stuck in the old phase. And and even like that, I think some people are like, oh, it's worse for freshers because they're coming from school or it's worse for final year um, students because, you know, they have their finals. But I think it's hard for everyone for whatever reason, like even with, with your sister, like, you know, first year, you learn loads and you go into second year. And as you say, like you're, you're a little bit more sure of yourself, you're a little bit more sure of what you want. It's a new phase. And you've got a nice little plan for yourself. So like no matter what stage it kind of hits you at, I think it's it's a big struggle and it really shakes people. Um. And I think it's exactly what you said there about like it's kind of almost people are like, oh, you're so selfish, um, you know, that you, that you don't want to help in the bigger picture. But I think what we're forgetting is 
it's not important. Like right now, we might think it's that important to Mr. Debs or to not get to go out like and, and meet new people in college. But they're huge milestones at that time. And I think sometimes we forget. It's like what you said, that limbo of like, you know, adults slash coming out of school. It, it is, a I suppose, that age demographic, like, and I'm not I'm not too far out of it, but they are kind of socially and psychologically vulnerable, like, you know, because they're at such a developmental age. I think people are forgetting that. They're like, we'll just grow up, deal with it. It is what it is. Instead of meeting them where they're at and being like, no, it's actually really hard and it's really unfair, but we're here to support you as best we can to live your life through all of this. And I feel like that's all anybody ever wants is the recognition of, okay, we realize this is a really shit time for you and that you are trying your best. And when everything comes back to normal again, while you won't get the initial milestone that you were supposed to get, we will try recreate it. We will try give you your debs. We will try give you your freshers ball. We will try and do it so that you can have those moments back again. But it's even the ramifications that if you think of social distancing in itself and all the things that we're asking people to do, it's going to be hard enough for us coming back out of it because I'm even watching TV shows now where there's um, like big gatherings and groups and I'm going, they're not wearing a mask. They're standing too close. And I'm getting really anxious with the thoughts of it. I just think that coming back into this again, especially when you're that limbo age group, you will suffer a whole lot more because you will be looking at things because it's been drilled into you that you can't be close to people and you cannot be anywhere without a face mask. That coming out of it again if you were in any way shy and it was hard for you to make friends, it'll double down on you a whole lot more. And we're forgetting that. We're forgetting that we need to take care of these people and just basically say, well done. Listen, we're here for you and we got your back. And I am, this is why I was so excited when you rang me, Maeve, and you explained everything to me. First of all, when you were explaining it to me and you were like 18 to 24 year olds, I was like, shit, did she not see my Instagram? I, honest to God, ripped the arse out of the fact that I was turning 30. I was like, I can't do this job. I'm already out of the age bracket. And then when you said you wanted me to host it, I was like, okay, this makes so much more sense. Cause I always like to pride myself on the fact that I think I'm a nice bridge between the kids and the adults. I haven't fully hit adult phase, but I'm still young enough to know what it feels like to want to do all of these things and go out all night and meet new people go out all night be able to actually just meet your friends up without your parents around and you know getting your takeaway because you actually want to get a takeaway with your pals going over and watching love island all together like all these things that you do with all these new people that you meet or the old people that you came to school with i just i i do my heart goes out to them so when you rang me and you were like ah i was like yes i was like screaming down the phone i got off and you made me sign a an nda so i couldn't tell anybody about it so i was sitting on this going this is so exciting. This is so exciting. And I couldn't tell a soul for a week. That was the hardest week of my life. You're like, first of all, I, just, I got a, a, a huge compliment that Maeve thinks that I'm 24 and not 30. And then second of all, she's making me sign my life away and I can't chat about it yet. Um, but yeah, so I suppose the next, the, the, you know, how, how Laura kind of got involved, what we did was um, we worked with a number of content creators, but I suppose there was six kind of key content creators who went out to their followers online. And I suppose these people were, were picked both because they have a following, so they have a direct kind of channel of communication to the age demographic we wanted to kind of communicate with here. Um, and also because they're representative of that age group and of that kind of demographic. Um, so they went out and kind of crowdsourced questions and basically said like, look, you know, what, what questions do you have around COVID-19? 
um, or in the guidelines or COVID-19 itself? What are your biggest challenges? What's going on for you? Like, tell us how you're feeling. Um, and they crowdsourced all those questions and um, kind of went through them to see what were the most common themes. And, you know, it was kind of some, you know, there was ones came in specifically about mental health, some came in specifically about college and um, about, you know, how we can meet with, with friend groups, all of that. And it was, you know, you know, there was such an array of it, but um, the six creators brought those questions then to Dr. Ronan Glynn and the Deputy Chief Medical Officer in, I suppose, a, a forum um, where they each got to sit down with him individually um, and, and put the questions from their followers followers to him. Um, it was amazing. So Laura emceed the, the event for us. And like, it was just like, I, I've, I haven't been that excited about something in so long. Like it was just, I, and I'm sure it was like, like a, an accumulation of things between the fact that, you know, we were working on something that we're all passionate about. We we're working with amazing content creators who were just like, they were just each amazing. Like they could have held the room and did the whole interview individually. Um, but it was amazing. And then I think like Dr. Ron Glynn was just so honest with his answers and so like real about the whole thing. And it was just, yeah, it was just really powerful. And like, I, I was just full of adrenaline for days after it, like couldn't cope. He was so honest and he didn't sugarcoat anything he was saying, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. But I think that out of all the questions they all got, and it is a credit to the generation that each one of them got a number of questions in from their following saying, ask him if he's okay. Ask him how Dr. Ronan Glynn is doing. And I just thought that that was so sweet that they, you know, they're going through so much. We're all going through a lot, but that they took the time out that their question in the question box was just ask Dr. Ronan Glynn, how's he handling all this? And to be honest, I think he quite enjoyed it because it wasn't a press conference and you weren't getting journalists that were trying to twist an angle to a story to be like, you know, he says this and they say that. It was a real conversation. And even in his answers, and if you watch the video when it comes out, you will see it. He very much said, listen, the guidelines are this and this is what you're supposed to do. But let's be realistic about the situation here. Let's actually bring it down to a human level. And he kept really interacting in the human level. And he brought his own personal life into it as well. You know, he was talking about his kids. He was talking about his brother who was out firing as well. And just about like, because everyone's big question right now is Christmas. Like, what are we doing for Christmas? Can we go home? Are we like travel? What's the household restriction and stuff? And he just was as brutally honest as he could be. And as you said, the content creators that were up on the floor with them, they each held their own. And they did a fantastic job of it. Um, Demi was one of my personal favorites. Demi Isaac she sat down and she just goes, right, Dr. Ronan Glynn, I know you're nervous, but listen, I am too. So we'll get through this. And I just thought the second she did that, the tone of the interview was just so fab because it was, it was exactly what they were supposed to be doing. Um, my job, I suppose, was to have a quick pre-chat with them and see how they were all feeling. And I did say to all of them, I was like, don't try be a big adult and use big words in these situations. Because you have to remember that you got brought in here today because you are you, because of your age group. So don't try and, you know, act it up a little bit more and be a little bit more important almost. You know, where you kind of watch your P's and Q's a little bit more. Okay, you have to be respectful. You have to call him Dr. Glenn because that is his actual title. But at the same time, take it down to a personal level and speak to him as if you're speaking to any of your peer groups and any of your friends. Um, sorry, speak of the devil the dogs after coming in to join us so sorry oh god the, no this makes me so happy anyone who knows me knows i'm a huge dog lover so i'm like he knew he knew to come see me <laughs> i'm surprised he's normally not able to open those doors but but anyways yeah door was born in the pandemic so he just thinks this is normal 
<laughs> I, I love how you're like, he's not normally able to open the doors. I'm like, he's getting older. He's learning new skills. <laughs> <laughs> They're all out of spring. So I think he just really bullied his way into it. He, he is a bulldog. It breaks out from every so often. So it's like, exactly. fine. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think like you're totally right. When Dr. Ron Glynn was making it like real personal, like, and you know, just like, and everyone will hear it in the video. I'm going to, I'm going to link um, the video when it's out so that it makes kind of full context for everyone. But um, there's plenty of content online at the moment um, about it. But like, he did make it so personal because, you know, you, you can watch these people on a, on a TV screen, you know, making daily announcements and feel like, they're doing something to you like they're putting these guidelines in and like ruining your life but it's like it's affecting their lives as well it's affecting everyone they're not like they're they're not trying to and actually one of our uh, content creators you know created a video and he was saying like restrictions or guidelines are not, it's not meant to be a, a jail sentence like it's you know we're doing it for a reason but you know you can you can live happily within the guidelines like we're still allowed to have fun I think sometimes like it, COVID is really serious and it is you know, has affected and touched so many people's lives and it's terrible. And of course we can't forget the severity of it, but like we're still allowed to be happy and like healthy and enjoy life like during this time. And it's like, it was nice to get a sprinkle of that again and remember that, that like we're allowed to have some positivity in it. Um, but as you said, like something that really, like I was almost emotional on the day. Like it was about, as you said, like it was about real, real questions and questions that were real for that demographic. One of the questions was about like, um, people who are in relationships and don't live together. And like, that's just like got me because like myself and my boyfriend don't live together. And like, I mean, we went for like 12 weeks without seeing each other. Um, and it was like insane and it was so hard. And it was like, it was horrific. I'm not going to say that it wasn't, it was horrific. But I remember at the time being like, nobody's talking about couples who don't live together. I know it. Like, I mean, there's, there's so many couples who don't live together. Um, I can't be the only one who's feeling this. Like, why is no one talking about how, like, what about couples who don't live together? Like, tell me what we're expected to do here. Um, and nobody was talking about it. Like, obviously people in their own lives were, but there was no one, like, I was nearly like, I wanted to say to journalists, like, please ask at the press conference, like, what about couples who don't live together? Um, and I just loved, like, that was one of the questions that came up, like, in this instance. And, like, I just loved how he was so real about it. He was like, look, the guidelines are the guidelines. And then what we recommend for everyone, whether it's, you know, a relationship or it's a friendship. But however, I am going to be realistic about it. And I know that couples need to work on the relationship and they need to see each other for the, the sake of their relationship. And I know that they have to navigate through that. And what we ask them to do is, you know, you know, do a risk assessment on your daily life, like have a plan, be mindful, like, you know, don't be reckless in your decisions, but navigate through the guidelines to work within your life as best you can and I just loved it. it was like the first time that I felt someone like had been realistic about that point and I was like I needed to hear this back in in um in March April May every month um and I was just like finally finally someone is saying it and yeah I just thought he was really real with those answers but I can't imagine how difficult that would be um Brian was supposed to move away to America for a whole year in March of this year. And so we had set ourselves up mentally for having a long distance relationship. We had mapped out the days that he would be flying home, the days that I was flying over. We were supposed to be going to Vietnam together. So we kind of everything. So we had our gap set up of, okay, we won't see each other for like six weeks at this block, but it's only three weeks in this block. Like, and that took a lot of planning for that to just be shoved on top of you. And then to go three months without seeing your other half, like 
I mean, it's already a hard time. I just can't imagine how upsetting and distraught it would be to not be able to see your other half. But he did make a very good point, just like you're saying about the risk assessment. And he, again, brought it into a context of how he was risk assessing himself. And he said that at Christmas time, he wants to go back to Galway and his granny's in a nursing home and he wants to go and see her. And he very much said, like, I will have to make sure that in the two weeks leading up to that, that I am in contact with no one just in case that someone is a carrier and I bring it into the nursing home and then it spreads from there. So, like... I really enjoyed that, but oh my God, I'm, Maeve, I'm shook. I can't believe that you didn't get to see your other half for like three months. Yeah. And it was like, cause at the start, obviously, you know, at the start we were all like, oh, two weeks. Okay. Another two weeks. So at the start I was like, two weeks, fine. Oh, four weeks. Like we could go. And the next one I was like, okay, it's been eight weeks. What's happening? And then it's like 10 weeks. And we we're like, when is this going to happen? And like, we didn't even live within 5k of each other. So I can't even remember now how long, but it had been at least like, like it was at least 10 weeks before it was a more, I think it was at least 10 weeks before we could even do the whole garden visit thing. So it wasn't even like, like we literally, we saw each other through a screen and that was it. But like, I did, and I, always, I said, Oh, this is a good lesson for me. I definitely couldn't do long distance. I don't know. How, <laughs> it's exactly what you said. Like it was just because you'd no plan. No, we didn't see it coming. So it was suddenly like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe this is like happening. It was mad. But look, I mean, I, we're not the only ones who went through it and other people, you know, had to do it as well. It was different, no, but we came out the other but, side, I guess. Yeah, but hang on a second. I think this is such an Irish thing to do where you always go, ah, like, listen, we're not the only ones going through this. Like, it's it's fine. Everyone has to deal with it. It's grand. But you need to also take the minute and kind of go, oh, this is really shit. And I actually hate the fact that we have to go through this. And like, feel your feels and go through the emotions and then come out the other side of it instead of brushing it under the carpet. I feel like in the first lockdown, it was a lot easier to deal with everything because it was kind of that like, not the, un- well, it was the unknown, but it was also the fact where we kind of went a bit like, hmm, this will be over by the end of the summer, won't it? Yeah, we'll be grand. We'll get back to normal. Schools will open, we'll be all fine. And you kind of just went with it and the weather was really good. So you just went outside and you kind of got over the fact that you couldn't go on holidays and we were fine. This time around, you're kind of a bit more prepared for everything, I suppose, because you know what's happening. And I nearly feel like it's worse. I nearly feel like I was so much better off when I had a breeze and I kind of thought there was an end in sight. And now I'm going, okay, the end of next year, maybe there's a vaccine. Okay, how do we live with this? And I suppose as well, that video that we shot the other day was those things. It was like, okay, Let's create a positive spin on how to live with COVID because it's a reality that isn't going anywhere at the minute. Yeah, I agree with you. And like, that's, I think that was a big thing that was like missing in the conversation in the sense that like, like a lot of people were like, it's like the guide. And actually I love that Dr. Ronan Glenn said, the guidelines are guidelines. They're not restrictions. They're not rules. Um, they're guidelines. And, you know, we can't force anyone to live their lives. Obviously, I 100% promote people living within the guidelines, but it's exactly that in them. Like, what can you do? Like, and I think for a long time, like everyone was kind of sitting and look, I think we were, people were, all, everyone was guilty of it or everyone was subject to maybe doing it where everyone was sitting on their high horse going, oh, look, this person breaking that rule. Look, this person breaking that rule. But like, and obviously look, people who don't take it seriously, I don't like respect that, but I very much adapted a, a kind of mindset of like, I have no judgment. Like people are trying to navigate through this. They're trying to figure out the best way to do it. We can't do, and again, Dr. Ron said it, we can't do a hundred percent of the things a hundred percent of the time, but we are relying on 
everyone as a society doing most of the things most of the time and that that's what keeps our numbers down um, and I think that was an important message because like it, I think we all need to start, stop kind of like pointing the finger and judging each other and more so say I'm doing my best you're doing your best and let's all check in like that was another thing that kind of came up it was like you know we all can forget ourselves in a moment and like I think we've all done it where you're like okay I stand a little bit too close to someone because you're so excited to see them or you, the conversation you've been there for two hours and it's laxed but it's to remember to be like to just correct yourself and take a step back and say oh guys I think we yeah. need to separate a little bit or whatever it is but it's just to remind ourselves of those things and not beat ourselves up for the moment where we slipped up like and he did say as well he was like okay when all of these restrictions are being eased up and we come back into a level two and a level three you will find yourself that you want to be meeting up with friends. So be smart about it. Be mindful. Risk itself to yourself. And instead of meeting up with 10 people in one day, maybe meet up with like a group of three over a couple of days and split up where you're seeing people when. And, you know, don't be afraid to ask them who they've been in contact with before meeting them. And that's something that me and my, my girl group have been very like vocal about, as in, okay, we obviously all want to see each other uh, when restrictions are lifted and coming around Christmas and all that kind of stuff. We know that the pubs realistically won't be opening and we're not all going to be getting together. So we're kind of looking at where everybody works and who people are in contact with. I <laughs> see no one from one end of the week to the next. We're all working from homes bubble here in the house even when I go into work when I go into 2FM I'm in a studio and the closest person to me is by this massive double glaze of a glass that I have to speak through a microphone through because it's soundproof um so when I'm looking at myself I'm going okay I haven't been in contact with anyone whereas one of my best friends has very much said listen I'm gonna have to keep myself out from this because I'm a pharmacist so I'm in contact with everyone so you know it's hard but you kind of have to just make those decisions and go, okay, I need to see X, Y, Z, even for going home at Christmas time now, like, I mean, pending obviously restrictions and what's going on, but coming up to Christmas, I am working until six o'clock on Christmas Eve. I'm going straight down to my granny's house and then I'm staying with her on Christmas Eve and I'm seeing her Christmas day and I'm coming back up again on Stephen's day morning. And I can't risk going to see anyone else before that because I can't risk putting her at risk. She's 80 years of age. She's absolutely flying it. She's a hoot and a half. But at the same time, like something that could be so minor to us is something that could be life-threatening to her. And imagine if you killed your granny. Like, it's going to be worth it. <laughs> no, it definitely wouldn't have been worth the meeting 10 people somewhere, even though it would have sounded like great crack at the time. It definitely wouldn't be worth it for a dead granny. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> But that's it. It's like, but I, you know, and I really, it's, that's it. It's like, we have to be realistic about it. And like, but actually that's something I thought of for this, like for the younger age group as well. Like when you're trying, it's, it's easier for us to say, you know, um, don't, look, if you've a gang of you who are like a group of 10 of you who are great friends, like just meet up five and five, like for a while or whatever, you know, make it work. But God, like it's so subject to like, feeling like people are being left out or whatever when you're a bit younger like I remember like when I was that age if if, if people had something that I wasn't invited to like oh my god like you'd be heartbroken so like it's hard to imagine having trying to have those conversations at like even 16 17 but even like 19 it's hard to imagine being like oh well like it's just gonna be me like this person and this person today like or whatever oh god I just it's painful even thinking about it 
it's not even their age group though like I mean the actual fear and anxiety of trying to split and say well you can't come and you can come I mean me me and the girls went to the point where we just stopped talking to each other for a while (laughs) we were like okay I think I've been in contact with you a bit more than I've been in contact with you and then we all had to have the open conversation of going okay listen it's fine. We're going to be in contact solo with people a little bit more than we will be with someone else. So it's just the way it is. We can't get pissed. But as well, like, and this is all back to the social distancing, not seeing people and like all of that. It's it's anxiety that shouldn't be there, that in a normal day-to-day conversation, you probably wouldn't even think twice about it. But because there's such long gaps between seeing someone face-to-face, you know yourself, you can see someone face-to-face and you can sort something out just like that. But when you do it over a text or even a voice note, the translation gets a little bit lost and then you don't know what the other person's actually feeling. They don't know if you're feeling and everyone could be fine, but it, it kind of builds into like something that should be nothing because both parties have just overthought the situation. It is definitely more a female thing than a male thing, but nonetheless, everyone's going through it. Absolutely. Like we had that the other day with the masks, like, we were doing a side visit ahead of the event and um, like we had masks on. So after so I was like, is everyone okay? Like, I felt like it was a bit tense. But they, and we were, I think like the smiles were lost behind the masks because everything sounded so much sharper because you couldn't see someone being oh, look, we'll just have to do it this way. Like, so after so I was like, is everyone, are we all annoyed at each other? What's happening? And then I was like, oh no, it's just the masks. We'll adjust. <laughs> Well, Maeve, even like when I was meeting you for the very first time, obviously I've been in contact with you over Instagram, I've been in contact with you like on emails and phone and all that kind of stuff. But physically meeting you for the first time and we were both wearing masks and we were still like a distance apart. And I felt the need to apologize. And then you apologized because I was like, normally I hug people. And it's not that I don't want to hug you. It's just that I can't hug you. And you were like, I'm the same, but like, we actually cannot hug at all. So like, it's great to see. It's not that I'm not excited to see you. It's just that like, you know, this is as excited as I can get. Whereas like there was hand motions going everywhere. Our voices were a different octave. It just got completely insane. And I feel like everybody is overcompensating with their emotions and hand gestures at the minute that because you can't just be like, oh, hi, how are you? And like that flash a smile you can't do it so true and and like I honestly like it's the running joke in our office like everyone is like every so often like Maeve are you okay like how are you coping without the hugging because like (laughs) hug everybody and like I always have to be like I'm I'm gonna hug you like you comfortable with that just assuming everybody's a hugger but like it was even like after the event like so strange for me not to be like this was amazing like give you a hug and like it was bizarre but I remember that the first time I went for dinner um like when when restaurants opened again and the waitress was like really really overly like trying to smile through her mask and like I was like god love her like she must be wrecked trying to like make sure her customer service is coming through the mask I was like she's <laughs> for work oh my god but that day that I left you guys um like I mean the shoot was over and then it it was like okay bye whereas normally in that instance you'd head down to the local pub you get a couple of drinks you know you get to have the proper banter about what happened in the day because it was a really long day of shooting and I like left and I went home and I was on the way home and Brian just asked me could I pick him up a coffee because he had another meeting and I was like yeah so I got him a coffee and I got myself a takeaway mulled wine <laughs> and I was oh just God, like so jealous <laughs> I know but I was like this is so lonely, but I just wanted to celebrate the moment and the great day that we had, but I was doing it by myself. And that's why I was flat out making reels, posting on Instagram. Cause I was like overcompensating then for something that 
you know, I was overcompensating for the social aspect that should have been there that wasn't there. But then you see, and as well, this brings it back to this entire campaign. You and I, like, we've had all the really fun nights and we know exactly how much crack those things can be to walk out of a shoot like that and go for a couple of drinks. And then, like, you really get to know people on a, a complete personal level. Um, and then you go and you work another job with them and it's even more crack the next time because the first time you you were still kind of breaking the ice a little bit. Um, but we know what that feels like and when it will come around again. But all of the content creators who were on the shoot that day are also young that they've never had that experience before so they never had the come on we'll go get a bite to eat and we'll like have a laugh and oh remember when you said this and when you said that and all those kind of things so they're walking out being like okay bye and then that's the contact cut again so like it it is really difficult and I don't want to be sounding like I'm just like overhyping them again everybody is going through this but and everyone is suffering in their own way shape or form no more than yourself saying that like you know you really enjoy like hugging people like touch therapy is such a real thing and like I've listened to a couple of podcasts on it as well and I I know I'm very lucky that like I can just like annoy Brian be like just give me a hug for five seconds but like it does release such endorphins and stress in your body when you're not getting it you're so tense and it's just you're trying to hug yourself which just isn't the same thing so everybody is going through something that is really really tough but I think we just need to cut everybody a little bit slack no more than what you were saying about Dr. Ronan Glynn saying you know it's not 100% of the time doing everything it's just like a lot of people doing a lot of things a lot of the time exactly that's so true. I really do feel that for the creators on the day because like they did such a good job and the, the, the energy after a shoot like that is like up here and you just want to have that moment where you're like, oh, do you remember when you said that? It's so funny. Or like, oh my God, I can't believe I said this like or whatever. <laughs> Going through like the literal emotions of it and like letting the adrenaline out, like pat yourself on the back for a good day's work. Um, And yeah, I just felt, I felt that I felt it was really blunt ending. Like obviously they all chatted before they left but I was like, oh God, like they're not getting to like dissect this all together. But look, they will again someday and like we'll all look forward to that. But um, yeah, I thank you so much for chatting to me. I just like, I really wanted to talk about the campaign because like I'm obviously so passionate about it. And when we met the other day, I was like, Jesus, the two of us could shine on. <laughs> I was like, no one's ever going to make it home and Brian's going to be like, what happened to her? <laughs> I was honestly like a bad date I was like loitering at the door being like oh so and did you need me for anything else like was there anything else did you I just I didn't want to go I just it was the first time it honestly was the first time in a couple of months that I have been like on a set with people where I haven't been doing it over zoom and you miss the buzz of that and and you do you miss the the interactions and stuff and don't get me wrong like I mean the content that everybody is creating no more than like your radio stations the tv all of our content creators online like tiktok has me swallowed for hours and hours And it's brilliant to see people being able to be that creative in their own bubbles and in their own world. But just being able to bounce ideas face-to-face off people is a different ballgame. Me, you and Cormac sat down. Cormac was the creative director on the day. We sat down over a Zoom call before everything was going on, obviously to pan out like what way everything was going to go, like where I would come in, all my lines and stuff. And it was great to be able to like, you know, bounce a few ideas. And I was saying, no, like I, I would feel like if we said it like this in my tone of voice, it'd be great. And you were like, yeah, yeah, cool. But when you do that in person, it's a completely different ballgame because you can be quicker and snappier and yes, 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 no, no, no. So on the, when I was able to bounce ideas off Cormac, okay, we were two meters apart and we were wearing our face masks, but 
as I was interviewing each content creator that I would be able to say to him, is this how we're going? Yeah, this is how we're going. What if you try this? Try what you want. It was, it was just so nice and it was such a lovely flow. And basically I just missed that. I really do. But at the same time, like out of this pandemic, I honest to God feel like there's a lot of good that's come out of it in the sense of, you know, from living in Dublin and it's not just Dublin. And I hate to say that I'm from Galway. Like I just moved up here. So trying to find your feet and like, you know, grasp your life up here when you're not a dub is a harder because you've got so many elements against you. But the rat race was the bit that got it for me. I would be leaving my house at six o'clock in the morning and I was coming home at like eight o'clock at night between traffic. And, you know, you always wanted to slog in extra hours because the more you're working, you know, the more hustle you're doing and the busier you are and all this it made everyone just relax a bit and take a minute to themselves. And that's what I've taken from this is actually, okay, you don't have to be a mile a minute all the time and getting less done. You can actually, you know, get your work done in segments and enjoy your time a little bit more and enjoy the people around you. And like Brian was supposed to be going to the States, like I said, at the beginning of this, that got pulled um, last minute because they shut down borders. And I'm so thankful that I got all this time with him. We actually, like, okay, we've been together for six years now. We've lived together for like four and a half, five. But we've, we're always kind of like ships in the night almost. Like he would come home for work or I'd be going out and, and we just have the weekends. Whereas now we got all this extra time where we could wake up and have breakfast together and we could go for a lunchtime walk. And, and I do have to say, I appreciate that so, so much. So while there is so many negative things that come out of 2020, we also have to look at the positive and just go, okay, what have I learned from this? And what can I take from 2020? Yeah, I totally took it as an opportunity to slow down. And, you know, like I am I am always so busy and it's I hate to be one of those people that's like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But I went back to college part-time and- years ago while working and I'm delighted that I did it absolutely but like haven't had time to bless myself as they say and like yeah I it was like four I was forced into a slow down pause with the first lockdown and like on a lot of levels like I'm really grateful for that and it's also exactly what you said about appreciating what you have more so like you know the time that you have with Brian and even like that was the same for me and Dave like while we were apart for so long it really made me value our time together now. And I think like, like we're we're like little teenagers now, like, uh, you know, (laughs) if I I saw him at the, you know, weekend, two days later, I'd be like, miss you. Like we (laughs) like sickly puppies afterwards because like to really appreciate the time that you do have, like, and, you know, I think it's really put things into perspectives for me anyway, hopefully other people got that same, you know, I think you have to try and find a positive in everything anyway like you're allowed to be upset about it you're allowed to be down about it but it's also okay to find the positive in it and we don't have yeah. to boom all the time and um, so I think that's a really important message but yeah thank you so much and I just wanted for anyone who's listening I will link the video the full video from the forum uh, to give you full context and so that you can hear all of what I love Laura have to say our content creators and Dr Ronan Glynn um, and yeah just keep an eye online um, for be antiviral content and it's all about I suppose showcasing how you're living your life healthily, happily, safely. Um, and yeah, the other videos that don't go viral because nobody cares about you socially distancing, visiting your friend or <laughs> but they care about the, the the negative ones. So we wanted to um, showcase the antiviral life. And yeah, I hope people get behind it. Um, I think it's a really positive initiative. And I think we all need to start getting behind each other. Like we can't, we can't get through this and we can't keep each other safe from 
COVID-19 without working together, like working against each other is not, not working. So we, we, we can't be at that lads. Give it up, give it over. <laughs> Maeve, thank you so much for having me on. I really, really enjoyed that chat. Thank you so much, Laura. And thank you all for listening. Talk to you next week.